from prescription drug costs to affordable housing and the steps you need to live better in one's own home, along with developments due to COVID-19. The dynamics of being an older adult is requiring more current and reliable information as ever. Information, not only when challenges arrive, but also prior to be better prepared to manage them. Greetings again, I'm Adam Morgan. Yes, being better informed and aware of the support and possible solutions available can assist to ensure more successful outcomes. When it comes to solutions and options for older adult concerns, for over 30 years, the Colorado Gerontological Society has been the number one resource in the state. Appropriately titled Senior Answers for their public outreach service, the organization is led by our guests. Continuing to visit with us again is its executive director, Ms. Eileen Doherty. Probably the biggest thing that they did was the senior homestead exemption program was fully funded. And so all older adults who are homeowners will get some tax credit on their property taxes. So I think that was a big um, benefit. There was also a couple of other bills which I thought were kind of important. There was $15 million of the American Rescue Plan money um, allocated specifically for services for older adults. There was a new driver's license bill. A new driver's license bill? Right. So you can now renew your license up to age 80, moved up from age 65 online. Do have to attest that you that you can see <laughs> that you can see, and then after eighty, you can still renew your license online, but you do have to upload a certificate or a form or something from an ophthalmologist that you have had your eyes tested in the past six months. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, just technology trying to stay ahead of all the different ways that people are getting services, I think is, you know, that's just kind of keeping up, if you will, with the times. Well, the the, uh, driver's license thing, though, too, isn't it also a recognition that people are living older and they're going to be driving longer? Yes. And, of course, the, you know, some groups were, if you will, concerned about the whether people would actually really go, you know, to the get their eyes tested or whether they had been able to really, you know, really see. So there is that risk. But I think yeah. for the most part, I think, you know, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, people will do was, what they need to do. Was anything done regarding prescription drug or prescription drug cost or pres- prescription drug oversight in the last session? Well, there was this Prescription Drug Affordability Board, which a lot of people, pro and con, if you will, there was a lot of um, people for the bill and a lot of people against the bill. Um, The goal, basically, of that bill was to set an upper payment limit on what Colorado would pay for prescription drugs. Um, if you were on Medicaid or if you were in a Connect for Health kind of program. And they did, you know, they did pass that. There was a lot of concern around whether or not people would be able 
to get access to prescriptions because uh-huh. if the upper payment limit was set and no pharmaceutical company would sell that prescription to either the uh, pharmacy or to an individual, um, and there's pretty significant fines built in if anybody pays more than the upper payment limit, um, that people who actually needed that drug for whatever reason would not be would not have access to it. So there was a lot of you know concern about it, and there was some ironing out of of exceptions and those kinds of things. But the most important thing for older adults to know is that if you are a Medicare beneficiary, yeah. this is really this bill is not going to help you and your prescription drug costs in any way, shape, or form. Wow! Because Medicare is governed by the federal government. And the state of Colorado is only able in their prescription drug pricing to control the uh, programs that they have jurisdiction over, which is basically Connect for Health and Medicaid. So it's important to know that that's, yeah, it's not going to help prescription drugs for Medicare beneficiaries. Now, they did provide the option for a Medicare advantage plan or for a prescription drug plan, so a Part C or a Part D of Medicare plans, if they choose to buy into this prescription drug program, they could opt in and take advantage of this opportunity for pricing. I don't really expect that we're going to see that, or Uh if they do, it's going to be very minimal. And the reason being because these companies are large companies for the most part. They probably are already negotiating pretty pretty good rates, if you will, from the pharmaceutical companies sure. uh, for the purchase of those drugs. So a smaller um, state-run program probably is not going to afford them much financial benefit. So I don't really expect it to be much, I don't expect much response on it. It might be, but I don't expect it. You mentioned um, that the uh, homestead exemption was fully funded again, but was there anything else taken a look at regarding affordable housing? But is it the cost of of finding a place, or is it just finding a place because there's just not enough inventory there? Well, it really depends. So the first answer to your question is, yes, there was the state received $550 million in housing money through the American Rescue Plan, Yeah, um, and that came very late in the session. There was a bill. There were a couple of bills. So there was one bill to distribute $100 million to uh, the Colorado Division of Housing for, quote-unquote, affordable housing. The legislature is then meeting in a special interim committee session over the summer to look at how to use the other $450 million dollars. There is a stakeholder committee that has been appointed to be on that or to look at how to use those dollars. Sure. And that the meeting times have not been announced. 
but the task force has been announced. We applied for a position at the Society, but we're not awarded, but we're happy to report that AARP did get a um, seat at the table. So we are working to, you know, work with AARP as well as some of the other players. They're really looking at, based on the stakeholders that have been appointed to this committee, they're looking Mm -hmm. at like Housing Colorado, they're looking at home, which is affordable housing. They're looking at homeless. So there's a couple of homeless advocates on the committee. There's a land trust person on the committee. There is somebody from a housing authority on the committee. So they're looking, from what I can tell, at a very broad range of housing experts that they've brought to the together, hopefully, to have some conversations. Um, I would highly recommend that anybody who is interested in housing might check out that affordable or that task force by checking the state Colorado legislature's website and follow that. My concern at the moment is that we're going to put all that money into housing stock, which might be good. But at the same time, there's also a need for support services, if you will, that go into housing. And so that's the other piece of this, if you will. Now, the second series of bills that they passed was they also put $55 million yeah. into um, basically emergency housing assistance. Okay. And so this is basically for renters who can't pay their rent. The other thing is that there's also a large amount of money from the Um, ARPA money that is going directly to counties for housing. And it appears, based on a town hall meeting by Congresswoman Diana DeGette, that we have lots of money to help with rental assistance, but we are not, at this point in time, we do not seem to have the processes or something well organized to actually be able to to make those payments to landlords. So hopefully the states will be in a position relatively, or the counties will be in a re- position relatively soon yeah. to distribute that money. What would you like to see the legislature bring up, work on, or pass in the coming session coming up in 2022? Well, One of the things that I think we are going to have to do, which is somewhat similar to some of the stuff that's done by the area agencies on aging, but I think we're going to have to look at how do we really support people who do, who, if you take the premise of aging in place, we're going to have to create some kind of a subsidy fund or a voucher system or something because as property values in Colorado increase, homeowners are going to need um, assistance with taxes. And the senior homestead exemption is probably not going to be able to keep up. People who are renters, as we've just discussed, are going to, you know, Rents at twelve hundred, fourteen, fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars a month, 
are outside of the reach of most people. People who want to age in their own home, as we talked about going into this um, present or the interview earlier, those kinds of services are going to start costing a lot of money, and some people will be able to afford them, and some people won't. And I think one of the systemic um, issues that we want to really address as we look at this is how do we make it equitable for all people, including you know individuals from communities of color and low-income people. So if I if I don't have money to pay for, say, somebody to come in and clean my house and do my laundry and and those kinds of things, and I'm not eligible for Medicaid because that's not, you know, my health is not the problem there. I just need this. I need extra support. People who have money can pay for those things. People who are really poor and who are sick can get on Medicaid. But then we've got all the rest of us who... Um, end up without services um, just because we can't afford it. So I think the legislature is going to have to start looking at, from an aging perspective, how do we keep people in their own homes longer? And like I say, some of those services are already provided by the area agencies on aging, but most of those services have long waiting lists. They're not a huge amount of money. They're prioritized based on economic needs. So if you're really, really poor, you get a higher um, priority than if you are middle income. Sure. So I think it's kind of looking at that middle income, a low to middle income person who is going to need some more supports. Whether they're going to even consider this idea, that's a very different question, but it would be nice if we could start some conversations in that area. The Insights of Ms. Eileen Doherty, Executive Director of the Colorado Gerontological Society Senior Answers. And with all the developments taking place that can affect older adult seniors, you can connect with the CGS through SeniorAnswers.org or by calling 303-333-3482. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. Mask up when going out. Keep your distance and get your vaccine for more freedom. And many thanks to you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.